Okay, so there are ways to do Killarney. Killarney. Good, good start. Killarney candidacies, yes. yes. In the, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's going to okay. be the perfect start to the show. Trust me, folks, you'll understand more uh, why I say that later on the show. Uh, but <laughs> um, there are ways to have Gallardi candidacies, and then there are ways to have Gallardi candidacies, Frank said. Let's go to one. Easy for you to say that I, I think is the epitome of what you should do when you have a Gilardi semifinalist. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. That thing was hot. It is spinning. Ooh, that's red. That's red all day long, baby. All day long. Oh my gosh, that was a scorcher right there. Golly, look at that baby burn. You need some water to cool that down, buddy? Huh? Stop dropping roll, fork! Stop dropping roll! Get down! Get down! Get down! Wow. You need some water to cool that down, Frank? You need some water to cool that down? That Stop. is just... Drop and roll, baby. Thank God he didn't do that to me while I was interviewing him on Saturday or something like that. Wow. Yeah, that that's was a... funny. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we, we got more where that came from a little bit later on uh, in terms of yep. uh, Twitter-based videos as we pull them. Uh, without music in the background, it's always a, a plus because we don't have to risk getting a strike on Facebook or something. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. We're not uh, rooting for any one of the 15 Gallardi uh, semifinalists. We'll be announcing next week, or I will be with uh, Pat Coleman and D3Football.com, uh, the finalists. Uh, I believe five. Uh, we'll confirm that because uh, that's changed from year to year. Four or five but, isn't the normal thing, yeah. Yep. But uh, definitely an honor always to do that show and produce it and everything else uh, with Pat. So uh, be prepared for that coming up soon uh, next week. But uh, we got some quarterfinal action to talk about. One game I'm attending. I did not say on the show which one it was, although I did uh, kind of preempt the show with the announcement on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that trip out to Naperville. My first time in Naperville coming up. This is season hmm. 15 of In the Huddle Live. I need, I need to go back to something here and see if I can isolate it. But one of my favorite photos of you of all time uh, really is, uh -oh. and I'm, gonna, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this without uh, restarting the whole thing. So hold on. I'll try, I'll try to do this the right way. That, that one right there. Uh, I mean, that is bedhead from uh, hell right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I may have done uh, this show with bedhead more than one occasion over the years, and, and including today, potentially. At least I got a haircut a couple of days ago, so it's a little harder to tell. But, man, uh, that was, yeah. 
So listen, hey, you know, here's it's what game day. You gotta you gotta show up with whatever you got. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's what we're gonna do. Uh, as we wait for our first guest uh, for today's show, uh, we're going to talk about the four quarterfinals, and JB's going to break down how we got there as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we have a pretty simple slide. We, we are reducing the number of games uh, just for you folks. We're making it simpler out there to follow the action. And uh, three of the games are 1 four p.m. Versus. Eastern time games, which means that the balance of power is starting to move to the Midwest and the South at this part of the uh, season which a lot of people aren't surprised by. But there's an interesting upshot here in terms of if Ithaca can beat North Central, what could happen ultimately if they can make it to the semifinals? I mean, that's a a long shot, no doubt. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, JB, take us through the quarterfinals. Well, uh, on one side of the bracket, we have the the matchup that no one thought – or no one picked on their um, Elite Eight, which is Wartburg versus Aurora. Two upstart teams, um, one from Iowa, the other from the suburbs of Chicago. Apparently the suburbs of Chicago has got some D3 football stuff going on this season and has has been for a few years now, but should be an exciting uh, matchup between those two teams. The winner of that will be pretty much punching their ticket to the semifinals for the first time ever. Uh, I think this is the farthest either team has advanced in the playoffs, and so uh, certainly an interesting opportunity there. The big question mark for the Knights is whether or not their starting quarterback, who was injured in the last game uh, at St. John's, can play. If not, that could change things a little bit, but really Wartburg is is a defensive-oriented team, so they're going to try to lean on that defense in order to get you know to this next round. <clears throat> Down in the lower left, a couple of you know D three blue bloods that have been in the playoffs for a long, long, long time. Del Val versus Mount Union, and it's funny when I did this slide earlier. I assumed that Mount Union was the home team, and we found out that nope, actually it should flip that upside down. And and so yeah, um, the Raiders are traveling to uh, Pennsylvania, and will be taking on the Aggies out there, and should be a, a great matchup. An elite defense against an elite offense. We'll see how that pans out. Speaking of elite offense, both North Central and and Ithaca have those. It'll come down to whether or not Ithaca's big offensive line can hold off the beasts at the defensive line for the Cardinals. And that should be an interesting matchup. I mean, there's some really big guys that are going to be in this game. I mean, as far when people say D3 football is glorified high school, I would invite them to watch the young men that play for both of these teams and, and try to say that and not get punched in the face because <laughs> these this is these are some big dudes this is going to be a really physical game i don't know what the weather is going to be like in chicago this weekend but it should be a um, fantastic matchup between two stellar teams and then finally bethel is going to be uh taking on the crusaders the defending champs who are like we said you know the 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 UMHB crew have entered the chat and uh, the playoff crew. They, they have flipped the switch and they're doing exactly what they did last year and they look strong. I mean, I mean obviously they've got uh, the fireman King at quarterback who likes to sling the football pretty hot. And um, with Brandon Jordan, KJ Miller, they're, they're a threat to beat any team, anytime, anywhere. So should be a great weekend of games and looking forward to seeing what's up. That's talk to somebody that's going to get to see me firsthand. (laughs) Strike two, Frank. 
It's going to be a great show going on here. Can't wait to fly at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And Friday see how far I make it out Yay. to Naperville. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, I can see in my screen right now that uh, he is looking like the epitome of playoff football right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Greenfield, shaggy. running back. What's up, dude? <laughs> uh, Ethan, how it. are we doing out there, buddy? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, l listen, I know it's a little earlier for you out there at about 8.08 a.m. Uh, Central Time. I'll be joining you in the Central Time Zone soon. But, I mean, man, you have 23 touchdowns uh, when we include your receiving touchdowns. It's almost two per game this season out of the 12 games you've uh, played in. Uh, and you're just – I keep calling you the bowling ball. I hope you don't mind that, but you're just rolling over players like bowling pins, and they're flying like a bowling pin, uh, except when I – roll a bowling ball it's a whole nother story for another week but i mean <laughs> what, what is the drive behind this team right now because you guys are just really rolling uh, to keep the uh, whole analogy going here uh yeah kind of the drive that we been we always talk about just uh like nameless faceless opponent just always get better like comparing yourself to yourself and keep working like that and we just we really do just love each other as a team, and we don't want this to be over. That's the bottom line. We talk about every week, one more week, fight for one more week, do everything you can to get another week with your friends, your brothers, to spend this time together, especially for me and my other fifth-year seniors. We talk about it, too, that we don't want this to end. This has been an amazing journey, and we're going to do everything we can to get another week of football. Ethan, what was it like for you guys last weekend with the – kind of surprised seven nothing deficit that you faced with uh with carnegie mellon and that defense of theirs kind of slowed you down for a little while what did you guys do from either a coaching or just in a huddle perspective to try to was it just you know we're going to keep with our game plan and keep hammering at these guys and eventually their break or were there other adjustments that you made that kind of opened that game up later on yeah, we talked as an offense, which I think was good, that uh, it was no one freaked out, no one panicked. I mean, down 7-0, I think, like, doesn't happen often, but we were like, hey, this is good that it's happening because we need to go through stuff. We need to feel pressure. We need to feel that we need to raise our level at certain points because it's going to happen again at some point and most likely this weekend. And it's good that it's we it was able to happen to us and we were able to main, maintain our composure and stick to what our coach is telling us and just keep – executing the game plan and keep keep to the grindstone and keep trusting each other because there was no one yelling at each other, no one pointing the finger. It was, hey, like, we're not playing as good as we can right now. Let's raise our level. Let's pick each other up. The defense is bailing us out time and time again. We need to put points on the board to give them a little bit of a cushion as well. But, yeah, super proud of the way that we were able to just stay together and come out with the win at the end of the day. And then we look back on the film and see what, what went wrong, what we could have done better, and we fixed that during the week. You brought up uh, it could happen again this week in terms of falling behind or something along those lines. But, I mean, let, let's talk about this week. You've got this Ithaca team that, uh, you know, had a really interesting game last week against Springfield. Uh, a lot of people were surprised that Springfield stuck with them as long as they did. They, too, faced an early deficit, which people didn't expect in that game. What have you seen on film with Ithaca that impresses you? And what do you see that sort of makes you realize that you probably still are the best team on the field when it comes down to it on this Saturday? 
Yeah, they're they're a good team. I mean, uh, it's you're in the elite eight going to the quarterfinals. Every team's here for a reason. So they're I know offensively, I'm more focused on the defense, but I know guys I'm talking to offensively. They're explosive. They got a good quarterback. They big up front as you guys were talking about earlier. So they got to challenge um, up with that. And then just defensively, they're always in the right spot. Um, they fly around really well. They have good. They have a really good scheme. They run really well. They do their stuff to a T. And uh, we talked about really the success that we're going to have to do is just communicating up front to what we're seeing, making sure we're working to everyone that we need to be. And we're just playing with effort and basically like that's it. But they're a very talented team. I mean, as I said before, every team and that's going to be when there's eight teams left, every team is a good team. And no matter what, I mean, we've seen it throughout the playoffs this year. Anything can happen, any game with anyone. So you just got to be playing your best every game and not take any opponent lightly. Ethan, I don't know if you saw, but my la the last show we did, um, one of your defensive linemen, Dan, I think it's Dan Gilroy, was my uh, defensive MVP of the weekend. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad does it hurt when he tackles you at full speed? He looks like a, a beast. It looks like you guys go to the same hairstylist. You guys got the, the locks falling, <laughs> the, you know, the, the mustache, the beard, the playoff beard, everything going on. I mean, that defensive line that you get to practice against all the time is probably, you know, the old iron sharpens iron, right? Is that pretty much what's going on here? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's truly uh, kind of a blessing for our O-line to go against them because that is a monster D lineman from, from Tyler Rich, Dan Gilroy, Brandon Greifeld, Dan Lester. They're all just absolute fantastic football players and work hard. And uh, Gilroy, me and him have been – best friends since we came in as freshmen in 2018 and watching the player that he's become has been quite scary and I'm glad that we don't have to go against him on Saturdays. That's awesome. Uh, first off. Yeah. And uh, here's a question though. I, I think I asked Luke this uh, back in the preseason show that we did, but I, I want to ask it to you now because it's, it's taking on more importance, I think. I remember being on the field uh, after the Stag Bowl last year and watching your team watch Mary Harden Baylor receive their accolades and celebrate out there. It was something I've never seen happen after a Stag Bowl since I started doing this in 2007, I believe it was, on the sidelines where your team stayed out there much longer than was required to watch what happened uh, after that in Canton. Did it leave a taste in your mouth? that made this unfinished business basically for this year and are you guys working toward that unfinished business almost in a business sense in mindset throughout this season yeah i mean i think you're right and i, I know we a lot of us did that for a reason i mean why run away from the fact of what happened bottom line is we lost and i was like i'm going to soak this in and let it hurt so that when it comes time to play again, I'm going to do everything I can to never let me or my teammates feel that same feeling again. But yeah, no, it definitely is um, a driving force. I mean, it's happened in the past, so it's not talked about often. Like we're not consistently talking about it, but everyone knows that feeling. Everyone who was there standing on the field in that game understands that this is the feeling that we're doing everything we can to avoid because I think it was a good thing that you kind of, you face the cards you're dealt. I mean, we lost at the end of the day and we didn't, we didn't try to walk in the locker room and make excuses for this, make excuses for that. And I mean, they beat us, and that's uh, what it was at the end of the day. But um, I'm always remembering it personally when it's 15 degrees outside and we're going to practice and the wind's blowing at 20 miles an hour and 
and it's uh in the it's the start of December and uh, my body hurts might be a little bit, but that's what keeps me going, and that's what you know, it keeps a lot of these other older guys going too. Well, um, you're a lot younger than some of us older guys, but um, you know, fortunately, in 2022, there's some interesting opportunities for uh, fifth-year seniors, and there's a number of players on your team that I think could do something after their college career is over. I mean, have you thought about? USFL, XFL, there's, you know, perhaps the draft. I mean, there's lots of different uh, ways to play pro football now. Are you thinking about doing that or is, are you in that sort of, I'm, I'm focused on Saturday and I'll worry about that later kind of mindset? Uh, more or less, yeah. Like I'm more of a whatever happens, happens at the end of the day. But I know that for right now, I am 100% focused on playing tomorrow. But I know that, um, down the road when this season's finished, I am going to still want to keep playing. And however that shapes out, uh, whoever that goes, I would, uh, I don't really know. And we'll get there kind of when we'll get there, but that is uh, kind of a goal of mine to be able to keep playing because I want to keep playing until uh, my body tells me that it's 100% time to be done. Okay, Ethan, my first time in Naperville. Give me the rundown, the game day experience, the must-dos, the must-eats, and everything else. I need to understand. Uh, I, I don't usually venture out of Chicagoland when I'm out in the Chicago area. Landing it over here early enough to get some breakfast, at least, uh, somewhere along the way. Give me the rundown. What do I need to do, and uh, who do I need to meet, and everything else uh, as we lead up to that noon central time kickoff. Oh yeah, I wonder if What's that? I'm sorry, we didn't hear you on that. Are you, are you flying into O'Hare? Uh, flying into O'Hare, oh. yes I am. Okay, yeah, so that's not very, it's like 30 minutes from Naperville and then pretty early, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, if you when, you, when you get to downtown Naperville, because that's where the stadium is and the school, there's going to be a million things to do and there's a, I'm not a big breakfast person, so I couldn't tell you really where, but all I know is that at some point, the tailgate that we have in the parking lot the stadium is is a very, I think, unique experience for, for a Division three team because we have a lot of people there. We take up like an entire parking lot. The food that people cook there is amazing. One of our offensive linemen's parents have like a food truck where they make their own food and they bring it out every game and they have different stuff for breakfast, lunch, and dinner throughout the day. So it's uh, it's Get that's where stadium, I would be. Right. Yeah, that's where I would be if I were you. So I used to live in, in Chicago a long time ago, Ethan, probably even before you were born. But like, I remember there's like the, you know, there's like the Gold Coast dogs, the Polish, there's all different types of, you know, sausage and, and some combination of Italian and Greek food. Is that kind of what's going on at the, at the Cardinals tailgate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always, there's always just a little bit of everything every single time. And it, I, every week there's always something new that I'm trying that I'm loving. Like it was a, uh, well, I don't even remember what it was. Like, there's been so many new foods I've tried throughout, like, this tailgate that I'm so thankful for, and it's always, always uh, <laughs> something amazing. It's something to always look forward to after the game. But, Ethan, hold on a That's second awesome. here. I, you, you said, quote, I, I'm not a breakfast guy, I think you said uh, earlier. You are 5'9", 215 or thereabouts. Probably uh, the roster lies in certain ways, but you can't be too far from that from what I've seen. But I, so how, how do you keep that kind of mass on you if you're not a breakfast guy? What the hell are your lunches and dinners like, man? 
Pizza, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not a breakfast guy, but I uh, make myself eat it uh, all the time, though. Because I'm just, uh, I like more of I wake up, I like to kind of like start my day, like either lifting or do something like kind of productive. But I don't know, I've just never liked waking up and eating right away. But you got to make yourself do it. You got to kind of, you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Well, it's time, uh, Ethan, uh, to uh, get you on your way. But before we do that, we always have our tradition here on In the Huddle to allow our player guests to uh, give shout outs to any family, friends, teammates, etc., that might be watching as you enter this quarterfinal round. North Central is still rolling, thanks to you, the bowling ball, rolling down that uh, alley and uh, just hitting those guys on the defensive side like no other. Go ahead with your shout outs, my friend. Yeah, a shout out to the to the offensive line, tight ends, receivers, everyone on offense who who makes my job a lot easier uh, by working hard and blocking people and moving people. And uh, let's keep this thing going. There you go. Ethan, I uh, can't wait to see you uh, again in person. It's obviously not the uh, first time uh, and maybe not be the last time uh, either for that matter. As long as you guys keep rolling to Annapolis, we'll see where it goes. But first things first, Ithaca is in front of you. Thanks for joining us and good luck tomorrow. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Nice to meet you, man. It's like a regular Dave Grohl there. I love the, yeah. uh, got the Carhartt hat and the you know, black long hair. He's He's a rock star, man. Indeed he is. Uh, JB, JB uh, as we uh, kind of uh, gather ourselves together here, uh, as you know, what we do here is we tend to do uh, some Twitter videos that we found throughout the week. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, exciting things. Sometimes uh, a little different. Uh, yeah, ETBU uh, probably mm -hmm. went into that column uh, at least once for us this season. Uh, so the first one's a little serious, and uh, this was one that you called to my attention yesterday from, I believe, Middlebury? Yes, my dad's alma mater, yeah. Go ahead, explain this one. Yeah, well, so Middlebury, it's, it's funny because they've designated the, the head coach title to a guy named Mickey Heineken, who actually recruited me when I was in high school. I remember Coach Heineken from back in the day, and I thought it was funny that there was a coach named Mickey Heineken, of course, being similar to two beers you may have heard of. But yeah, Coach Ritter from Middlebury is uh, hanging it up. He um, had taken the um, the Panthers to the pinnacle, I think in, in 2019, they went 9-0. And um, they had a good season this year, but he's, he's hanging it up and going into the athletic department. I think he's associate AD or something like that, gonna retire from coaching, but still stay involved with athletics. And so congratulations to Coach Ritter on an excellent career and a shout out to my dad's Middlebury Panthers. And uh, here you go. start to reflect on my career, it is pretty amazing to think that I've coached my 40th season. I have so many incredible memories, both big and small. But the one constant throughout all of it has been the people. There is truly no greater feeling on game day than to look up at Alumni Stadium and see the stands packed with family, alumni, parents, and dedicated fans from near and far. I feel lucky that I've worked alongside so many great colleagues and players who have become dear friends.
Not all people get to find a place they call a second home, and Middlebury has not only felt like that for me, but it has also been that for my whole family. One of the most special feelings throughout my football career has been getting to hug my family on the field after games and having the opportunity to watch all three of my kids have exciting and transformational academic and athletic experiences here. People don't stay in roles at institutions like Middlebury unless they feel supported and valued, and I have always felt that. I remember when I was named head coach, I felt such a great honor, but also a great responsibility. I viewed myself as a caretaker of a program with a rich and storied tradition. As I asked my players to do, I hope in some small way I've left the program a little better than I found it. That's a long time. That's a long, long time. It's to a be bit a of a tearjerker. Yeah. No kidding. Oof, 40 years. Man. Wow. 40 seasons, it's, man. It's got to be such a change of uh, life uh, when you say to yourself, finally, I'm going to hang it up. And I sure hope he has hobbies or something because it really is a, a change. And, you know, we always say, you know, back when Joe Paterno died, uh, before that, when everything bad happened over there at Penn State, I used to say, that when they you know let him go essentially or pushed him out that that was like his spouse that football is your spouse or your child to a certain degree and when you lose that uh you know it progresses your aging uh markedly because you've seen you know when a husband's wife dies sometimes they die not too long after that because of the you know loss of companionship per se football is like that for a lot of people and you got to make sure that you are mentally prepared for that fact the next steps have stuff ready to go for you because if you don't there's this emptiness this hollowness that follows it and so for any coach out there that is in that realm just listen to that a little bit and get those hobbies ready get the next steps ready don't completely hang everything up related to football you can still consult still go out there still be a part of the game yeah, and, and you know, I think that's partially why you know Coach Ritter is going to you know take over in the you know the associate AD role. He'll still stay involved with Middlebury Athletics. He'll still be engaged with the with the kids and the college and all that type of thing. So it's it's a it's a great run. Forty seasons is an incredible accomplishment. It's I, I can't believe that you know it's um it's been that long since um, you know Coach Heineken all those years ago that I met at Middlebury and I've you know. Seeing that video, I can I recognize some of the locations uh, that I, for my college visits and all that type of thing, and um, it's a special place. Uh, you know, I I didn't attend there, but I know it was a, a special place for my dad. He skied down a, a, a hill and grabbed his diploma um, back in the day. So that's a pretty cool tradition that they have up there in Vermont. And um, I'll always there's always going to be a part of me, you know, deep inside that will always be a, a Middlebury fan for life. So congrats to Coach Ritter and company and uh you know we'll look forward to seeing what's next for the panthers okay so uh up next here uh we are going back to the kyle king files here uh in terms of the glory trophy semifinalist uh, situation uh jb uh i'm keeping us on the uh, screen though uh this time you'll see uh in the bottom right we our reactions here okay uh this is our friend alvy king who uh, we hear from quite frequently throughout the season giving us reasons not to vote for kyle king as the glory trophy winner here we go oh boy He's probably the worst artist in the history of the world. In kindergarten, 
the first day of school, they have to draw a self-portrait. His looked like a bug, maybe just a bug. Then 36 weeks later at the end of school, they do it again, and so you can see the improvement. And so I couldn't wait, you know, I went down, they hung it up on the wall, and he had drawn a bug with two arms. At Disney World, he set the Disney World record. He was in junior high, he drank 13 glasses of chocolate milk at one meal. It was so bad that Mickey Mouse came down and was like filing a complaint against him. Overuse of the word surreal. I don't know how much of y'all follow on Kyle's interviews, but every game and everything is very surreal to him. So it's kind of like a family joke that he learned a new word surreal and he uses it like constantly. He had the best gross motor skills. Like when he was four years old, I'm not exaggerating, he could make three-pointers with a boys basketball, like shoot them and hit a baseball farther than anybody. And every sport just came very naturally to him, but he couldn't tie a shoe. And right, his riding was horrible. He would go hit three home runs and get every out and pitch a no-hitter, and then come over and have to tie a shoe. <laughs> and my wife just put Velcro on him, everything he did. But did I tell you that he's a karaoke champion? Oh, he, he won the karaoke, at Howard Payne, he won the school-wide karaoke contest. Oh like singing, God. he loves, he goes to karaoke nights and sings country music. He doesn't feel pain like normal human beings, okay? I called him Scooter. And then one day he told me, he goes, my name is Ice Cream Scooter, call me that, don't ask me why. So he's running up the bleachers, like he, he wouldn't, he was just running up the bleachers and he fell and he almost bit his tongue off to look at it. So then we win the game and so we all go to Pizza Hut to eat. And I look over and he's got like those cheese sticks and he's dipping them in that tomato sauce and just sucking it off. And so I don't think he feels pain like regular people. He is a, people don't understand this about Kyle, he's a great athlete, but he is a theater kid. Okay, in Milano, Texas. We have a very, very good theater program, and he was the star theater student in Milano. Like, he won Best Actor. Oh, my God. You can, always, you can always count on the, on the dad jokes to carry, to carry the day. Wow, that was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So oh, we got a little funny. we got a little quandary here because I was uh, asking Kyle to call us and hit us with a few bars of that karaoke uh, country music that he's uh, known for and he's he's just refusing he uh, he said when I challenged him I said don't make me say on the air you don't have the balls to sing live uh, he said you, just, <laughs> you might just have to say. Uh, I can't give my opponents that ammo. I don't know. That's there you go. Hey, well, you know, and that's fair because they, you know, that, that, that game against Bethel is, that's a legit opponent and they, and Jaron Rostad and company, they, they have some ammo. The Royals are going to be a tough team to take down. Uh, that might be the best game of these uh, quarterfinal or yeah, quarterfinals to potentially, to be honest. So I, 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 I hear you, Kyle. I mean, I'm also a singer every once in a while, supposedly. I enjoy a good karaoke night here and there, but um, yeah, you've got a big game coming up tomorrow, so rest rest easy today and, and get ready to get after it on Saturday. <laughs> so, uh, oh boy, I don't even know how to do this. Um, yeah, we have I a guest. You're going with this one. We have a guest in the waiting uh, room right now. Um, that I wasn't so sure was going to actually happen today, and we actually scrubbed it from our schedule to appear just in case for his protection and everything else. 
Um, so as a lot of people know out there, uh, this whole Sparkle Man BS that I've done for the last, uh, what, six years or so on the Stag Bowl sideline actually was in honor of Craig Sager, uh, who we lost uh, to cancer literally the night before Stag Bowl a number of years ago. And uh, I had asked Pat Coleman uh, from D3 Football if I could do something as an homage to him, essentially, uh, at Stag Bowl on the sideline and found the most audacious uh, suit I could find at Macy's uh, overnight that night. Uh, and I went and bought that thing, put it on. And a lot of people knew why I did it uh, right off the bat that were in the uh, broadcast business that were over at the Stag Bowl down to Salem that year. And as people began to learn about it, it took on a life of its own. And what we really started to do with it, because uh, we wanted to continue to do it, was um, get cancer funding uh, for cancer research uh, behind it. And last year we actually raised about, I think, uh, $1,400 in uh, cancer research uh, funding uh, through Sager Strong Foundation. So this season, it took on a special meaning when we learned our friend Trenton Duper over at Center uh, College uh, was diagnosed and would miss a season due to cancer himself. Um, we've been updating folks on this throughout the season. I know he's been having a bad week because I accidentally, I didn't realize uh, he had a Caring Bridge page until today, to be honest with you, and saw some of the posts from the last week. So when I asked him to be on the show uh, today, uh, last night, I did not realize what he's been going through. And Trenton, I'm going to say it right off the bat. You are a hero to me. For somebody the age of 22, that may sound strange for a 46-year-old to say. But I don't even know how the hell you're doing this, man. Uh, not just this interview, but going through all this. Uh, I, I just... I, I don't have the words and I don't get emotional usually anymore in interviews, but to hell with it here. Um, how you feeling? How you doing? Take us through the last week at least, and then we'll get into the, maybe the before stuff uh, in a little bit, but how you doing, bud? Well, hey guys, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on for sure. And I appreciate you keeping up with me throughout uh, this whole thing. It's been, it's been a good support to have kind of a, heads of d3 coverage <laughs> kind of looking out for me through all this but uh yeah this week was uh rough i had to you know i had chemo two weeks ago started and then um a, a rough feature of it is that if you get a fever after your round of chemo you have to go into the hospital and so the day after thanksgiving i had to go in for uh, a fever and, and make sure that I didn't have an infection anywhere because those can be particularly dangerous when your your counts, your uh, bacteria fighting cells are, are low. And so uh, I had to go through that, which was kind of a typical thing, but just haven't been feeling myself. Definitely. It, it was, a, it was a rough week. Uh, kind of particularly and as this thing's gone on it's it's gotten uh, harder just the body just doesn't <laughs> recover as it usually does um so but I, i'm feeling good now I, I i was supposed to do chemo this week but i i called it off for myself <laughs> so we're gonna hit back on the road on monday time but, out uh, yeah yeah a little time out 
uh, a little break in the action, but get back to it on Monday for the home stretch. So, well, Trent, it's good to see you. And um, you know, I know in the in the grand scheme of things, football is just a game. Uh, but they're part of the reason I think people like Frank and I have stayed so attached to it all over these years is a lot of the life lessons, the the connections that you can make uh, with people. And I imagine that um, throughout your fight, you know, the current situation, that maybe some of those, you know, life lessons that you've learned from the sport, uh, either stuff from your coaches or just other experiences has helped you through. What, tell us a little bit about the, the journey and, and how is your experience as a, as a football player you know, you know, kept you kept you in this game for lack of better term. So it's bigger than that, obviously. But uh, want to ask you a little bit about how how that's gone. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny. I I used to say all the time, and I used to be a, a believer that you know football is just a game, right? Like there's there's bigger things than football. I mean, things come up that are that are more important. Like you say, but going through this and uh you know having been been diagnosed and and the whole journey so far the the football family that i have has been the biggest support group that i could have ever imagined i mean um my high school football family and in my hometown and then on to center college in, in kentucky i mean though those relationships that i've um, been able to uh, create and grow through football have really been the only reason <laughs> that i'm i'm still still going strong i mean uh, i definitely wouldn't be able to do it without um, the relationships i've made through football and and definitely yeah there's the lessons there of you know fighting through adversity and um you know taking it one day at a time and and all that stuff um but really it's the it's the relationships and, and the people that uh have kept me going so now now i i'm i'm very slow to say that football is just a game because i've seen how powerful it can it can be but um definitely when when things happen outside of football that are, are serious and, and stuff. I, I definitely don't take it for granted. Um, the, the uh, opportunities that football creates. Trenton, some people out there, uh, might not, uh, know what your story is. I mean, you last season were having a great season as quarterback for center. Uh, you were a name that we dropped on crunch time quite frequently when we talked about your school on our clips and on our screen. Uh, and I believe you were the offensive player uh, of the season uh, for, the, I don't know if it was school or the SAA, looking back at this point, but uh, you're getting ready, it seemed like. You had everything going well for you, and then what happened, and what was your reaction to it? Yeah, so it, it kind of all started with our uh, center football trip to Ireland. That's why I'm wearing the green hat. Um, that was in late May. Uh, Coach Fry took us, took the whole team to Ireland. We do it every once every four years, and uh, go play a football game out there. And so I noticed some um, some kind of pain in my chest throughout the trip. It was nothing, nothing serious. I mean, nothing I would ever go to a doctor about or 
emergency room about. Um, I came home and told my mom about it just kind of in passing. And then, so the day I get home from Ireland, I leave for Tampa Bay, which is where I had a, a summer internship at a law firm down there as a center, uh, center connection, center grad that had a law firm and gave me an opportunity for an internship. So I'm there for a week. And then, um, on Saturday, that Saturday, uh, it was, I still remember the dates. It was June 11th. <laughs> I took the LSAT. Uh, it was actually the day I took the LSAT at night or in the afternoon. Um, so I, I got that done. I was studying for that the whole week and uh, leading up to that week. Um, and then the, the light, the Tampa Bay lightning were in this, the, uh, Eastern conference finals playing. And so after the LSAT, I, uh, went out with a buddy of mine from, from high school that happened to live in Tampa. And, uh, we went out and watched the game and hung out for a while, but, uh, I had to call it in early because the, the pain I'd felt in Ireland, um, suddenly just out of nowhere, just went to a 10 and I went home and tried to sleep it off and try to wait until maybe it passed or something, but it just never did. Um, and so I went to the emergency room the morning of, of June 12th and, uh, you know, they couldn't find out what was going on, had me hooked up to a bunch of monitors and everything. Eventually they decided we don't know what's going on. We're going to have to take a look. And so they scanned it had a x-ray and, and a cat scan and and that's when they found the the tumor kind of in the back of my chest along my spine kind of and so that's when they found the tumor and then the diagnosis the official diagnosis came in later in august uh a cancer called ewing's sarcoma uh and it usually affects kids around my age um is usually the type of age group it happens in and it's usually in a like a long bone like a long femur or arm bone but mine was mine's pretty uh peculiar in that it's uh kind of in the soft tissue of my my chest so that was that was the beginning of everything <laughs> how big is that uh or was that tumor when it first started out yeah so when it first started out it was it was pretty pretty sizable it was nine centimeters um which, you know, the doctors never say it's, it's never go out right and say it, but you can tell sometimes in some of the meetings that it was not looking very optimistic. Um, but since then through, you know, some biopsies and, and some stuff that happened and part of it being uh, cystic or, or having some liquid inside of it. Um, and then through the chemo, it's, it's now shrunk down to around three or two or three centimeters. So that when we rescanned it a couple like i, I must have been a month ago and rescanned it it was just like wow i cannot believe the progress that's been made on it uh which was super encouraging um and and honestly kind of a miracle in my opinion but um still a good way to go but it's we're definitely on the right track Well, Trenton, when you when you get well, I'll be happy to introduce you to a number of uh, lawyers that I know down here in Florida that you can uh, grab a job with after after you graduate from school. Um, you mentioned the, the Ireland trip, and I have seen, I think Carroll University has been posting that they're headed over there. 
Um, what is that experience like for a student athlete to be able to get to go overseas and play football, you know, on the, in the UK on that, that, that green aisle out there? Yeah. Oh man. I, I still say that it was probably the coolest experience I've had in my life. It was the first time for me going to Europe and I'm sure it was the same for a lot of the guys. And, uh, to be as, as a tight knit of a group, like a football team um, and to go over there and just experience an entirely different culture. Um, I know the language is the same, but <laughs> you'd be surprised by, by how different the culture is over in, in Ireland compared to the U.S. And to be able to do all the cool things and see all the sites and look at castles and, and old churches and, and uh, you know, go to the different pubs and everything. I mean, you can hit a rock and <laughs> you can throw a rock in Dublin and hit a pub. That's what they say. So <laughs> yeah. that was, uh, exactly. it was all, it was all fun stuff to do with, and then being able to put the pads on and, and play, <laughs> play a team was pretty, pretty insane. So uh, I know it's, I know it's kind of becoming a trend in college football for teams to go to the UK and play. And I think that's great. And I think as many teams as uh, that, are able to do it should do it because I think it's I think we were never closer as a team than than after that trip so it was really cool. With uh, JB's permission, I want to double up for a second on questions. Uh, first off, uh, you still have a year of eligibility, at least one. Uh, we all know uh, that uh, COVID has created uh, a befuddlement of uh, who's who and what's what in terms of uh, the eligibility out there. Um, you know, it's November. I mean, is it still in your mind that you want to come out and play college football again next September? Is that something you are still working toward? What What are your goals here as this, um, let's say, detour in your life uh, has uh, sort of forced you to reassess what's what and when things are going to happen? What What are the goals right now? Yeah, the goal is uh, to return to life as normal. I mean, that's first and foremost. I'd I don't don't live a, a very a very this the life that I lived before chemo is it's definitely not the one I live now. I mean, it's uh, I've lost a lot of weight and lost a lot of muscle mass, <laughs> some things you need to play football. But um, and I don't you can't really work out on chemo. But yeah, the goal is the the goal is to return to kind of baseline first. Um, and then once I get that under control, and if that's something that's attainable, then yeah, I could definitely see football being on the horizon. I mean, in, in some capacity, you know, it may not be plan and having the year I had uh, before all this, um, but I would, I would love to, you know, I'm still going to be a part of the, a team no matter what, whether it's coaching the, the young guy, the young quarterbacks or um, what have you, but if I can, if I'm able to put the pads on and, and go out there, I mean, that would be remarkable from, from where I'm at right now. I mean, it would take a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of working out and running and, but I mean, it's nothing, nothing I haven't, haven't done before. Um, uh, it would just, it would be, uh, it would, it, it would be, a, it's, it's a, it's a lofty goal right now. Um, but it's something that, you know, why not? Um, it's definitely something that 
I've used as motivation kind of if, if I can return back to normal from this and it might all be be worth something so uh it's it's on the horizon but it's not a for sure thing <laughs> now now on the flip side of this i gotta i'm gonna share something on our screen right now I'll read it for those that can't see it uh and it was i believe your dad joe uh, had put the carrying bridge update on the 29th of november which is uh three days ago uh entitled struggling some trenton has had some rough days lately since his admission over thanksgiving he needed three units of blood and platelets while in house after he got home, he had a lot, lots of issues and struggles. Please pray for him. He's struggling with everything coming at him right now. He needs lots of prayers. Thank you. For as much as you talk about, you know, returning to normal life and everything else, just three days ago, your father felt uh, enough to put up something that would, could be that alarming to folks reading it out there. So it's clear that the face, the facade you put on is stronger than necessarily what's going on in the background. And I get that. And I... I that's why I say I, I don't know how you're doing a lot of this. And I guess the question I have for you is, was there ever a point you thought about just giving up on this whole thing? Because I know you have not gone through a normal situation here. It's been painful. It's been tough. And I don't ask you this to, you know, create, you know, some kind of sympathetic situation. But there are a lot of people out there right now that are going through what you are. God help us all that this happens at all that need some kind of support or belief that they're going to be okay that they're going to get through this and so did you ever think about that and what what has kept you fighting this hard to the point where you're even able to join us today and put on basically a happy face with us which we appreciate tremendously yeah i uh if you ask <laughs> it's funny you asked my mom this question she'll she'll say that i i probably say i want to i want to give up probably every round <laughs> every round I've, I've said that and uh it's it's been hard for me because i'm always been a type of guy to put my head down and get through something but i had really had no idea what to expect uh when the doctor said i would need chemo for seven months you know i've i've had interactions with people with cancer and family members but i've never been you know hands-on every single day to what chemo is actually like um and so it's it's been a shock for me and a lot of days uh kind of more recently actually just because it's been harder to recover after every round i've definitely just said mom i'm done with this uh i don't want to do chemo anymore we can do radiation and then whatever happens after that is is up uh you know it's up to whoever so uh I, I've I've had those moments for sure. I mean, it's it's I don't even I don't even want to go Monday honestly to get chemo. But I know some things that help me keep keep going. I guess um, are those relationships I talked about. Um, there's a lot of people that believe in me and um, uh, have invested a lot of time in me to. Uh, to become, to be where I am today. And so I feel like for me, some of my motivation is that I want to do good by them and, uh, and then see it through for them. And that's, that goes for anyone struggling with cancer. I mean, there's more, more eyes on you than I think you could imagine. And there's more people believing in you than you, than you think. 
And uh, I've noticed that people reaching out to me that saying they're inspired by me that I, I didn't think I <laughs> had any impact on. Um, and so that's been encouraging. Um, and I guess the strength, I think I have to say the strength comes from uh, a spiritual grounding um, in, 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 in God. Um, I think that's, that's where the strength comes from. But the motivation is definitely driven by those relationships and driven by other people that I've seen get through it and other stories um and but yeah those those days are those days of wanting to be done and quit are are numerous um but you know you wake up the next day and that's just you're gonna wake up the next day and so i've just used that to to keep fighting keep going um and for these next three months of chemo i think i can get it go through it's funny, Trent, when, you know, kind of going back to my first question about, you know, football being just the game and, and obviously the position of quarterback is part of that game. But you, when I was listening to you talk about, you know, all eyes on you and, you know, getting knocked down and having to always come back up, it, it seems like, I mean, you know, maybe it is a spiritual thing, but like you were, as a quarterback, I think you were in a, a great position. Do you understand the struggles? And uh, it sounds like you're really, you know, ta you know, overcoming them as you go along. And, and perhaps for some weird reason, the position you play has put you in this situation to overcome all this. Because you, it's it's tough. Because when you're the QB, QB one, all eyes are on you, and everyone from that offense is looking at you and, and hoping that you're you're going to do the, you know, pass the ball to the right guy, hand it off to the right guy, lead the the game-winning drive, and all that kind of stuff. I imagine it, it's there's got to be at least a little bit of a an overlap there. Yeah, there may be, there may be there. Our coach at center, Coach Fox, always says it's very interesting that ha what happens in football, the last thing that the players hear uh, for the snap of the ball is the quarterback's voice. And so, you know, that's, you're, you're the guy. And so everyone looks to you and maybe more people are looking at you than you think. And you're the guy that has to take the hits and, and lead the team and everything. Um, and uh, you have to get back up too. You have to face adversity, because if you can't, then everyone's going to look to you and 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 maybe be discouraged. So, I think that there is something to that. It's a, definitely a cool position to play, cool position to be in. Trenton, um, as we uh, close out here, I want to say a couple things myself to you. Um, we love you. Uh, we are behind you. And uh, as you know, a number of people throughout this D3 nation and beyond are with you. Don't give up. I know you've got the uh, tough road uh, for these next three months uh, with the chemo, radiation, et cetera, that they're going to be trying to finish the job here uh, and win this game, uh, beat this opponent. Uh, one of the stiffest opponents you've uh, faced, but you've never melted in the face of an opponent before. So why change that now? Um, if you ever need anything, we are here for you. Just let us know if you need more prayers. We'll make sure we put out a call to everybody to make that happen. But most of all, and I started this interview saying it, I'm going to say it again. You are my hero. The way that you conducted yourself in this interview today and the face you put forward on it, it just makes it even bigger in that respect, how much of a hero you are to me right now. 
And uh, I'm going to give you a chance for shout outs for two reasons. One, because you deserve them. Two, because I'm going to start crying if I don't shut up right now. So any shout outs to family, friends, teammates, uh, doctors, anybody, uh, the floor is yours. You can take three hours for all I care. I don't really care. We'll just keep rolling the show. I, the Christmas parade is at 630 night in my village. So that's basically our cutoff at this point. So you go as long as you need to. Trenton Duper. Uh, uh, I guess the first one that comes to mind, kind of pertinent, my high school coach that had been coaching at my school for 27 years, he coached all my brothers, uh, retired the other day, and he was probably the biggest, growing up, the biggest, besides my dad, the biggest uh, kind of teacher of football for me and teacher of how to be a man, Coach Jerry Adcock in, in Decatur, Alabama. So shout out to him because he uh, he really – molded a lot of young men in my community um and then going off that shout out to coach fry at setter uh me and him have become kind of buddies throughout this whole thing um he's been a huge support and also coach fox and and coach conley too and then all the coaches coach fox my was our quarterback coach he was the third person i told after my parents uh about the about the tumor so um we have a great relationship and um, of course, shout out all my teammates. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna be uh, excited that I was on this. But uh, I love each and every one of them, and and the way they, uh, just the way they support. And and uh, I was actually able to go to the Birmingham Southern game. Uh, I think it was November fifth, and we didn't end up winning, but just seeing all the guys' faces that I hadn't seen since Ireland, really. I mean, I would maybe seen like two or three guys since Ireland, you know, wasn't able to go through fall camp, wasn't able to go through the season. And so I, I saw all of them on the Birmingham, during the Birmingham Southern game. And uh, it was just a huge encouragement. Um, and then uh, shout out my mom. She, <laughs> she's been the, you know, caretaker for me and, and nurse and uh, everything thing in between that you for me that you could imagine she's probably kept me dying for a couple times <laughs> for either passing out or something and so she's she's literally held me up and and made sure i i stay on my feet um so she's been kind of the rock behind it and then um uh of course my doctors i've had a great team of doctors throughout the journey at at Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa Bay, um, and then UAB, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, and here in Birmingham is where I get my treatment. And then uh, MD Anderson in Houston is where I'll get my radiation. So uh, that those three sites, I've been blessed to be able to be in the right place at the right time, for sure. Um, so I think that's it. I think I, I got all my shout outs in, but I, uh, I appreciate you guys giving me the floor on that and uh, giving me the chance to talk and, and then I guess share my journey. I know a lot of people are going through the same thing and I sometimes feel like there's a lot of attention on me when a lot of people are, are struggling with the same thing. So I hope I can, hope I was able to maybe motivate or inspire or whatever the case may be. So I really appreciate you guys giving me the floor on that one. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs>
<laughs> don't even know what to say or do at this point. I I just don't. Uh, man, I, I can't wait to meet you in person someday to give you a hug and thank you for being the motivator because I have bad weeks. I had a six hour long meeting as mayor on Monday night and you get much maligned for things like that and everything else. And you know what? It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing compared to what you're going through and what you're dealing with and what you're telling folks to endure out there uh, and fight through. And so impressive, Trenton. I, I just, there's no other phrase out there for this, but so impressive that you are. Send our best to everybody uh, out there. I know you're watching Nick Osterman do his thing out there uh, this season uh, for center, yeah. and he did a great job uh, not realizing that it was going to fall in his lap probably until uh, the last yeah. minute, basically, this season. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I bet you he got a lot of motivation from you, uh, his teammate and friend. So uh, center is fortunate to have you there. And as they say, everything happens for a reason. And what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Don't let this kill you because it's going to make you stronger. You're going to make your entire family and college and everybody else a lot stronger around you. Thanks again. We will stay in touch indeed. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Folks, you got to forgive us for a second here because... There ain't no playbook for this. Um, I literally didn't know uh, when I read the Caring Bridge page today that he would be on. Um, and I need to ask folks right now, whatever you're doing, if you're watching this live or if you're watching the replay, please go search on uh, Google or whatever. Caring Bridge, Trenton Duper, D-U-P-P-E-R. Go find his page. You can put comments in there, follow his story, give comments, and please, as many people watching this right now, stop what you're doing, go there. The show will be here for you when you get back and put your uh, words of support to him. Uh, if you don't think support from people matters in recovery in a situation like this, you're a damn fool. It does. It just builds the psyche you need to go through and endure what he's got to endure. And come Monday, he's going to be enduring something really, really tough again. He admits himself he wanted to give up on. When you uh, see me in some kind of really weird outfit on the sidelines on ESPNU on December 16th, it's for him. It's for youth out there that have to face this. And as JB's going to remind us, Yesterday was uh, a day that should have been somebody's 17th birthday, I think, JB. Yeah, Mikey Weinstein would have been 17 on December 1st. Uh, you know, we, we lost him to a pediatric cancer um, back in, I think it was 2015. Um, maybe it was 2016. God, it's just... A, a, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that, especially as a parent, you never want to see a child go through and, um, you know, but Hey, uh, I, I'm inspired by, by Trenton's strength and, um, I'm playing some music this weekend. I think we'll, we'll perform the Foo Fighters, my hero at least once. And I know who that song's going out to for sure. 
JB, we got to do something to change the mood here uh, to a certain degree. Uh, and on the phone right now Please. with me is somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I can't even keep a dry eye on my face, let I'm, alone anything I'm, else. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, waterworks over here. Yeah, same here. And on the phone uh, is Glory semifinalist and country crooner Kyle King <laughs> from Mary Harden Baylor. Uh, Kyle, um, I know you didn't get to see uh, much or any of the uh, interview we just did with Trenton Dufer, but. Uh, his faith in God is getting him through. I know that's something personal to you uh, that keeps you uh, motivated every day. And, you know, speak to that fact. I mean, it, it, you know, having that support and having your family and everything else behind you is so super. And I know you have that kind of support based on Amir Hard Baylor. Yeah, I have that support. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say I know what he's going through because I don't think that's fair to him. And I, that's not the truth. But, you know, prayers for him. Um, prayers for him. And, you know, keep him on the list. And, you know, it's just important having that family support. So I hope he has the same family support I have because I know that if I had something going on in that in that matter, that they would be there every step of the way and just make me feel comfortable and, you know, help me fight it. So prayers for him. Absolutely. Uh, listen, uh, the reason I was trying to get you on is because your uh, dad, Alvy, uh, kind of uh, sent you under the bus on the whole thing and uh, admitted to uh, Sarah and company over at UMHB that you are a karaoke king. Uh, that Howard Payne, you may have won the entire karaoke contest at the school when you were a punter back then uh, at Howard Payne. So um, let's first off, favorite country artist. My favorite country artist, his name is Tyler Childers. Uh, he's like a Texas country, oh, not even a Texas country guy. He's like a, he's almost like a folk blues almost type dude. But you know, he's pretty, he's not radio popular, but he's pretty popular. So that's probably my favorite, Tyler Childers. Okay, that that's good. Uh, favorite song, not necessarily by him. Um, my favorite song is by him. It's called "Shake the Frost." Uh, once again, probably a song not just everybody knows, but it's it's a really good song. Okay, Kyle, since I don't know the song, and since JB, nope. I don't think you know the song either, uh, just give me a head nod on that. Nope, he doesn't either. I can't do it. I can't do it. Why, why can't you do it, man? Come on, you can do this. Because I can't, I can't give my team, I can't give the opponents that, that leverage on me right now. Can't, you know can't that's just that's I uh, wrong. It's a cop out. It's a cop out, but it's it's a cop out. I'm just gonna have to go with right now. I just can't do it. Well, that and I'm in the house right now with my family, and they're all sleeping. <laughs> Alvy's used to it, uh, sounds okay. like. So don't worry about no, that. My dad, my, I'm, I live with my aunt, but my dad's never even heard me sing. Like not, Nate never even heard me sing. He just knows from other people. <sighs> I never sing in front of my parents. Kyle, sure, okay. How how about this? If you win versus Bethel this week. You come back on the show or we get you recorded. You'll be our cold open next week. We will get a few bars of you singing Tyler Childress, you said, song? Yeah, Tyler Childress, yeah, yeah. Okay, shake the so, frost. Okay, shake uh, the frost. I, I, I'm gonna li I'm, I'm gonna listen to that after this. I'll give you what you want. Okay, so uh, I guess I'm gonna get my folks guitar. Out there, yeah, JB's looking for his guitar right now. But uh, let me tell you, uh, you know, for folks out there, Glarty semifinalist Kyle King will sing first on the show if they beat Bethel. Another thing to root for, I guess, if you're a Mary Hard Baylor fan. Uh, JB's got his guitar ready, so he'll he'll join you next week uh, on this if you guys win. Bethel will be no pushover, though, Kyle. Who no, knows? hey, Bethel's a good team. Been watching my film because you know in our last review I said I didn't know much about them. Sure. I wasn't lying, but I wasn't being disrespectful. But now watching film on, I mean, they're the real deal. Uh, obviously, they have a quarterback that can sling it all around the field and has been hurt, so his stats don't yes, really sir. show it. But he's a heck of a player. Uh, huge offensive line, two really good receivers, 
well, probably more than that, but two that really stand out on film to us. Um, two good running backs, and, man, their defense is just so sound and don't really miss tackles. And, yeah, we're going to have to earn it. We're definitely not going to be handed it. Brandon Jordan's going to need a block like he did against number three of Trinity last week one more time because that thing was uh, something else, uh, to say the least. But uh, Kyle, 15 yards. Yeah, no kidding. Kyle, good luck uh, to you this week. Uh, again, we, we are not picking uh, favorites in the Glardy chase here, but uh, I, right. they did a super job. They did the sports information department down there and the media yeah. department at UMHB to uh, support your candidacy. So uh, it's no not for lack of trying on their part uh, if this doesn't work out. But uh, good luck to you yeah, on everything. No and uh, Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and I want to say thank you to them, too, because, I mean, they do it. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. They don't get a lot of love. So I appreciate you shouting them out. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah Harborth, right, is uh, yeah, the SID? Yeah, Sarah. Yep, Sarah, Twig, and uh, Fortenberry. They, they do a great job. Oh, uh, yeah, Twig. I love Twig. Uh, anyway. Uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. Good luck this weekend, buddy. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Okay, Kyle King. Yeah, are you still uh, strumming over there? You want to want to hit us with a little uh, yeah. bar or two or something? Go ahead. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wait. What? Oh, what's, what's that? Wait. Wait. Was that? Was that? Was that the? Uh. There goes my hero, watch him as he goes. There goes my hero, he's ordinary. A little bit. Not bad. Uh, okay, I'm a this is gonna be guitar <laughs> This is gonna be a show that's not gonna be forgotten anytime soon. I will tell you that much uh, for a lot of reasons. I know so this is like number like three hundred and fifty something at this point, but I, I I'm never gonna forget this one. Um, wow, yeah. Uh, we got picks. Uh, we got a minute and a half for each game uh, on the clock. It is ten ten a.m. Okay. We are way late right now, but ask me if I care. Nope. <laughs> that was just the preview of the music. Now the real thing. <laughs> there we go. What the heck happened there? Watch Frank completely botch the show in 18 different ways. Oh, look at you. Um, do you want to address what's on the screen right now, though, about you leading by a dozen? Hey, I got lucky here and there. You know, it's just a few things fell my way. What can I say? I'm not going to rub it in that I'm a great... D3 football prognosticator or anything, but... <laughs> Aurora at Wartburg, I start 1 p.m. Eastern time on the upper left. Uh, we are going to have, say here that defense wins championships eventually, at least here. Uh, while they may not win the championship, Wartburg, they will have the defense that will win this game. I think this is the end of the road for Aurora, not for lack of a super season and trying and everything else. But I'm going to give uh, Wartburg the 2014 win in this ball game. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think with you know may they may have to lean a little more on Hunter Clawson, the running back, um, depending on the health of their QB, one way or another. But I do feel like you said the defense will carry the day and will kind of cool off this super hot Spartans offense. I'll take the Knights to win 17 to 14. Mount Union at Del Val. Who knew? Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> you know, other than uh, you know Kyle King, I think probably the the main favorite for the Gallardi Trophy might be Braxton Plunk. Um, this guy has had an amazing career. He can sling the ball all over the place, and as as good as the Del Val defensive line is, they've been susceptible to some pass plays. And Ruby is a fantastic wide receiver. I'll take the right. I'll take the Raiders. Higher scoring game, maybe it's like a 45 to 35 type of outcome. Last time they were in the quarterfinals, I saw Mount Union face Muhlenberg, uh, and uh, that Centennial Conference uh, strength of Muhlenberg nearly pulled things off last year at Alliance. Here, I just don't know if we're going to see history repeat itself, or maybe Mount Union is more aware of what can happen at this stage. And so I'm going to say that Mount Union would lose this game if the Nobile brothers can get into the backfield and start hitting Braxton Plunk early and often in this game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the offensive line for Mount Union is up to this challenge in that respect. Mount Union wins 31-17. to North Central at Ithaca is the next game. Just trust me on that. There it is. And I'm going to say <laughs> that North Central... Here's what I say in quick hits, actually. I'm going to read it to you uh, directly. In some way, this game sets up like Cortica this year for me, but with some definite differences in terms of the Ithaca opponent, North Central, being more, uh, much less mistake-prone than Cortland uh, when they face them in Week 11, uh, and they have a larger and faster defensive line and more experience in this, in this situation across most positions. Unless North Central makes a few mistakes, they take command early and keep Ithaca distant on the scoreboard. 37-17 North Central wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals won by three scores. They're just that good. And we saw Ithaca really struggle with the running game of Springfield last week. And, um, you know, I think it's going to boil down to can A.J. Wingfield make a few plays. He's probably going to take some hits but he's a tough he's one of the toughest guys out there in in D3 he'll make some plays if he has to call his own number that'll keep Ithaca in the game early but i believe the N NCC will win this one later on maybe like a 45-21 <clears throat> Bethel at Mary Harden Baylor we just talked to Kyle King briefly there and he now knows who Bethel is and uh, is impressed by them on film <laughs> uh, we're impressed by them but are yeah. you impressed enough to give Bethel the win here Against the defending national champs, maybe not. I mean, I just think that the um, the crew has kicked it up a notch and playing at home in that stadium and their home crowd and that defense, they'll have the athletes that can keep up with uh, Jared Rossi and company. Um, so I think it'll be close, maybe late, but Crusaders hang on and win 27-20. That's funny. A mine is 27-21, actually, in favor of Mary Harden-Baylor. Why didn't we go 28-24? I mean, uh, that would be the game or the yeah, score of the uh, there season. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what it comes down to, can Mary Harden-Baylor get to Rosti in this game, make contact with him? Because I think contact is something he can't absorb much more of with his injury situation the way it is. The answer, I believe, is yes, they can. And as such, you know, look, Trinity's offensive line was really great and all. And uh, they busted through that. Ask Tucker Horn. He'll tell you. He took a beating out there. I watched it firsthand and thought he was done for out there yeah. at certain points. But Bethel, strong team. Lots of talent. Just won't be enough for this week, I don't believe. 27-21, Mary Harden-Baylor wins. Well, um, 
as That's we right. uh, kill the music. We actually yeah. ended early. Well, well, well over late. I mean, 75 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not really what we had in mind in that respect, but um, you want to take us out with something? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I mean, as a dad, I've been really trying to teach my kids a lot about the concept of resilience lately. And um, I think today's show really captured what that is about. So I'll just leave it at that. I mean, like I said before, football is just a game, but there are certain lessons that can be learned that apply to bigger and more important things. And so, you know, part of the reason why I think you and I do this um, are because of those reasons. And it's also like Trenton said, the, this, the, um, the opportunity to have this extended family of, of people and just making connections in random places. Like what were the, you know, what were the chances 20 years ago? I'd know, you know, some all American quarterback from Belton, Texas, but you know, they, it's just one of these things. It's what's what keeps us going. Um, it's what makes this platform that we have that you know that great. And when people ask me about the, you know, like what you're wearing, the little, you know, well, what's the, you know, what's the, in the huddle? I'm like, we we cover small college football where the most schools, the biggest division, even though they're you know we're not on ESPN. There's a lot of great stories out there, and stuff like today is 100% why I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can. As long as you let me into this whole like you know software system, you may give me the hook eventually. But you know, <laughs> only on it. Union Hobart Week. Only on Union Hobart Week. Uh, yeah, I know. I get it. Okay. Well, next year, next year will be a different year, folks. There's nothing else we can say. I'll see you in Aprilville, uh, everybody. Uh, Ithaca North Central fans, and you'll see JB across Twitter, uh, giving you quarterfinal updates, three games at once at one o'clock Eastern time. So uh, stay tuned. We'll do crunch time and more next week. And uh, who knows, we may do the watch party for the semifinals again uh, next uh, Saturday. We'll see what happens. But for now, have a great weekend. And uh, again, go on Curing Bridge, Trenton Duper's page, send them some words of support. It can't hurt. Have a good one, folks.